This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What is up, everyone, and welcome to It's Called Soccer. This is the U.S. Soccer Show, where we talk about everything in American soccer. A lot has happened. The U.S. has drawn England in a World Cup 0-0, which makes it so that England has never beaten the U.S. in a World Cup competition. This is the second game in the group stage, so the U.S. sits at two points, currently in third place. But this result also gives the U.S. everything to play for against Iran on Tuesday afternoon coming. We're going to break down the entire game. First, we got to introduce the crew. I'm your host, Jake, here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Joining me are Tom and Manny. Let's go to Manny first. How are you doing? And what do you think about the game? Just high level. Uh, I'm doing okay. Thank you for asking, Jake. Um, I think the result itself was a very good result. It just shows just how far the program has came. I'm very excited after seeing that match. On the other hand, it makes the previous match and result a lot more frustrating because now, I feel as though as our upcoming opponent will try to bunker um, that that's just my personal opinion, but um, overall the result was fantastic. And, you know, I'm just excited to, to see more from this team. So, yeah, Tom, how are you doing? what do you think of the result? Dude, I am buzzing. That was such a great game. It was stressful. It was entertaining. It was not a boring nil nil draw at all. And, that might be just the highest quality game that an American side has put together in a World Cup. For 90 minutes, just they they played their game and made England work for it. And I'm just I couldn't be more proud of those guys. Yeah, I'm debating if you are listening to this. Uh the the name of this episode might be USA Win Zero Zero. We'll see where we come out to. But that is what it felt like. I I think we need to dive into what Manny's talking about in terms of how the 1-1 draw with Wales feels a little bit worse now because of this and where we've set ourselves up. But I think at the end of the day, the biggest thing that you can ask for is that you're in control of your own destiny going into that last match day. And we did enough today to put ourselves in that position. We are in the driver's seat. If we get that result against Iran, we guarantee ourselves to go into that knockout round. I think for me, what was the most fun is not necessarily the result, but this is a fair result for how we played. This was an amazing game from start to finish, basically. I mean, the first 10 minutes were were kind of a little bit rough in terms of the U.S. getting into the game. But after that, man, the U.S. really hit on the gas. We were good in possession. We were good on the counterattack. We need to find some goals from somewhere. But at the same time, man, what a, what a game to watch. Um, let's talk about some of these things that happened. The, the 10th minute... Uh, Harry Kane gets a ball into the box. That's kind of the first chance for any of the teams. And Walker Zimmerman is there to block it out. After that point, though, the U.S. has four or five great chances in the first half. Going into that halftime, 0-0, what are we thinking? Are, are we going in confident? Are we sad that the first half has ended and we want to keep momentum? 
Manny, where was where was your head at after the end of that first? You know, I'm thinking basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, and obviously the best sport in the world, soccer. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. You know, I'm thinking after the uh, the end of the first half, I'm thinking that we're knocking on the door of a goal. That's that's literally what I'm thinking. Um, you know, we were very close throughout the first half. You know, was very encouraged by what I saw. Um, you know, just a few you know a few breaks here and there. You know, and I think that we pushed through for a goal. But yeah, that that's kind of where my head was at. Yeah. Tom, were you worried a little bit after the the first half whistle to not see a schedule? I was where I'm at right now. I was just buzzing. I turned to everyone who I was watching with and was like, hey, guys, we just basically played England off the field for about 25 minutes straight. That's a really great place to be. I didn't think we were going to be able to play our game in this one. And we we played our game for most of the first half. And I felt like that was a good spot to be in. And we had a chance to really take it to them in the second half. Absolutely. All right, let's talk a little bit about these starting lineups. For the U.S., it was unchanged except for the striker position. Haji Wright comes on in place of Josh Sargent. And while we're set up in our normal 4-3-3, we're actually playing more of a 4-4-2 in defense. I thought that was a, a great wrinkle from Greg, and it kind of worked a charm. And we really controlled the match because of that. England came out also with an unchanged 11 completely from their game against Iran. And where where were the the players that were strongest in this match? I know Tyler Adams is obviously going to get a shout out, but I know there's a few players that, that I want to speak to as well. Tom, who were the strongest performers for you? For me, Pulisic was our spark plug on offense. He was driving everything forward. Every time he got the ball, it was just going forward, making good passes, trying to make something happen. And he looked great doing it. I didn't think he hardly put a foot wrong all game. He almost scored on a really fantastic chance that went off the bar. Another player who deserves a shout out is Tim Ream, who has been an anchor back there. I don't think he put a single foot wrong all game twice in a row. He's done that. I, those were definitely my two shout out performers after Adams. You could give shout outs though to Dest, McKenney, Wea, Musa. Everyone played so well today. Yeah. Manny, anyone else that sticks out for you? Uh, you know, just give the kudos to the midfield because, like, I thought that, you know, coming into it, you know, everybody was talking about, you know, England's midfield. But I think our midfield really outplayed their midfield um, in a game where I thought that, you know, the midfield was going to pretty much, you know, e- either team's midfield was going to dominate the game. And I think ours came out on top. So, you know, yeah. definitely give give our midfield the credit to for, 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 for standing up and, and, and playing. So, well said. I mean, Jude Bellingham is a 19-year-old that has his number retired by his initial club, Birmingham. And that that just tells you how special this, this guy is for England. And you would have not even known he was on the pitch until he was substituted off in the second half. So what did our midfield do throughout the 90 minutes to really suffocate 
that English midfield. I mean, it's just like you said, I mean, they closed down the space immediately when, when um, the ball came central, they made sure that they closed down the space so that the, you know, that the, whoever got the ball couldn't turn and run into space. So I think they did a very good job of cutting out everything in the middle of, like, I feel like all of England's attacks started on the flanks. They didn't really get mm. too much up, up the middle through the center. And I, and I think that speaks to the, the volumes of that midfield. And especially with Tyler Adams, Tyler Adams, basically, I don't know. He personally was my man in the match. He was personally my man in the match, but he basically snuffed out everything. Even when they were on the counter, even uh, when England was going on, on counters, he was getting back in and, and, you know, stopping them. So, yeah. 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 I, I, I love that we've sort of forced Bellingham and Mount to go wide and high to find the game. I think Bellingham did a good job occasionally of finding the game and looking dangerous, especially early. But we basically forced them out of their channels, out of play away from the middle, go wide and high to sort of drift in, try to find something, and force Rice back. Declan Rice basically joined the back, the center backs and was a back three for them because they just couldn't find anything in the center of the pitch. It's really great to see their entire midfield shape completely disrupted which was something I didn't expect us to be able to do at all. And even watching Fox's pre-match stuff, any English commentator was laughing at the idea that the MMA midfield could do that. But they've got to be singing a different tune now because it was fantastic to see them do exactly that. I would have to think at this point, the England national team are starting to think about some of the other dual nationals that are out there. I mean, we won Yunus Musa, who was a part of that dominant midfield for the U.S. He was eligible for three different national teams. We had Anthony Robinson, who probably won't get a lot of plaudits today, but he was excellent going up and down the pitch the entire game, was central in just making sure that that left side of the field was dangerous the entire time. He was six partner up that left side. Um, I thought I, I need to call out six set pieces today were much improved. And you could see the frustration that he would get it whipped into the six yard box. It'd be free, but there would no be no runners for the U.S. to run onto it. So what happened with those six set pieces? That one where Walker Zimmerman made the run, McGuire made a great play because if McGuire doesn't head that away, Zimmerman's got it 1-0. It was a beautifully delivered ball. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, McKinney and Weo were feeling themselves as well. Uh, McKinney with some spin moves, just all all around a great performance. Now, the, the second half took a little bit of a turn in the sense that the U.S. was still looking to negotiate the game and see the game out with a, with a draw. It also looked like England kind of tucked themselves back as well. They were okay with a draw, and it looks like the post-game comments from their coach, Gareth Southgate, also seemed to imply that they were perfectly fine getting a point from this match. So after the 90 minutes, looking all around at the players, the coaches, the performances that went out, and where we stand in the group stage, I mean, what can we what can we genuinely take from this match? Was this something that can spur the U.S. into the Iran match and potentially have some momentum going into a knockout round? I think we can. I think that this is a great result to build off of. We showed that we can play with anyone in this World Cup. And, you know, we've had to go get results against low blocks before. This is no different than those situations. Iran's going to have dangerous players. They're going to be able to counter well. We saw that against Wales. We handled them pretty well, and we're able to get a goal out of that. 
But this is what we we have to learn how to do. It's sort of poetic. It's, this cycle ends on a win or die against a low block because that's been our biggest weakness. <laughs> We've had to go out and do it before. Let's see if we can do it at the highest level. Yeah. Manny, are we able to? Um, I mean, if the, the first uh, match was any indication, we, we did end up getting a goal um, after some – you know, after some work in the first half of the match, working the ball around, we did end up getting the goal. So is it possible that we can get some goals out of this? Yeah, it's possible. Will it happen? That's the that's really the actual question. So we just have yeah. to we just have to see. But now for as good as the partnership between Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson were, we need to call them out as well. I do want to just ask you guys about Walker Zimmerman's performance because there were a few errant passes. Uh, He didn't really put a step wrong in terms of his defensive abilities, but in possession, he was, he was by far our kind of least effective passer, uh, gave the ball away in dangerous spaces, but everyone else seemed to be on their a game. Are you worried a little bit now with Walker Zimmerman being the one that had given away the penalty to Gareth Bale in the Wales match? And then, Looked a little bit shaky relative to the rest of the team against England. Um, Manny, are you going into this Iran match thinking about Walker Zimmerman at all, or does he still have a center back spot locked in? Because I think that Iran will try to play a low block against us, I'm not typically worried. I'm not extremely worried about that. Um, but we we knew this is who Walker Zimmerman was. Before the you know before the World Cup before even the rosters were were even selected we knew this is the type of player Walker Zimmerman was you know he's he's a positive defensively but when it comes to playing the ball he's not that great um, I've seen people in the past try to sugarcoat it but you kind of you you kind of see why people people aren't aren't really high on him when it comes to playing the ball so. Um, but for again for this upcoming match, I don't think it's going to be an issue because I don't I don't think that we're going to be pressed all all that all all that much. So yeah, we'll and see. without our forwards scoring yet in this tournament, Tom, who who is your number nine going into this match against Iran? I don't I don't know. It's a really difficult question. Do you start? Haji Wright or Josh Sargent? I don't think Josh Sargent looked that great coming on in the later parts of that game. Haji Wright had some good movement. He had created a dangerous chance with his head. We looked comfortable trying to whip the ball into him, so it might be a good idea to just have his his size and his head in there and see if we can't create something from the start against a team that's going to sit back a little bit. This yeah, would probably sure. this would probably be a perfect match to have a false nine. Um, just just because you know that you're going to be facing six or seven defenders in, in the box and you kind of need that that middleman to kind of, you know, uh, drop into the pockets and just kind of, you know, hold possession and just let your wingers kind of um, get in position to, you know, to make those plays. So that that's what I'm thinking. But, you know, you never know yeah. what Greg and, and just for anyone that doesn't necessarily understand or you're just trying to get into the game, a low block is essentially when the opposing team tries to defend really deep. They try and just make sure that they're really solid on defense and don't give up any goals. We think that's what Iran is going to do. And a false nine just gives you a player playing in the forward position just a little bit deeper, trying to pick up the ball 
and uh, give you a little bit more opportunity to to get the ball to the feet and try and play it through the the defense. So needing a win against Iran, not just to tie. Uh, how are we feeling going into this last match day? Do we, for me, like the performance against England showed me that we have kind of arrived. Like we, we didn't almost win this game by luck. We almost won this game because we were equal to England. And it wasn't a surprise that, our first touches were good, that our passes were finding players in space, that, you know, Eunice Musser, Weston McKinney could turn on the ball and beat a defender. All of those things were expected. It was just our players playing to their potential in this match. So for me, I'm taking that as a point of confidence going into the Iran match. Has it changed for you, Tom? I, I'm taking it as a very much a point of confidence. I, watching these teams, this team play, they are so dang saucy they're trying back heels they're trying these beautiful little passes and combinations and touches Weston McKenney's turning guys beautifully it's just a fun team to watch they play with so much swagger so much confidence seeing that at a world cup is so much it's great to watch I've just I'm loving watching it and enjoying like seeing all these combinations all these play all these different passing attacks all these different little dribbles play out I, I think we're going to go in and really try and be a confident, cocky team and see if we can't get a result. I We can do it. I think we absolutely can do it. And Manny, one thing that you were talking about in terms of the Wales result, uh, the the 1-1 draw between the U.S. and Wales, this result against England makes it all the more frustrating that we didn't get three points against Wales. What? Why do you say that? What's the reasoning behind that? Well, it, let's say like we do get the three points from 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 wales and then you see the earlier result of uh iran and wales then you know you come into this game it's just like okay we can we we can definitely take some chances but if we come out of this if we come out of this uh this match with a draw then we could just keep we could just do the same thing for the next match and not have to chase the game but with the fact that we 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 tied uh, Wales in the first match. We tied we tied England in this match. Now we have to kind of chase the result. We have to win, and yeah. there there can't be a tie. We and we definitely can't lose. So we have to chase the result. It does so, have to be said as well. Like Iran <laughs> did not lie down against Wales. They were probably the better team, all things told. So it is not kind of a a foregone conclusion that the U.S. is easily going to dispose or win the match against Iran. This is a tough opponent still that we need to beat. Oh, absolutely it is. This Iran team can play. They were third in Asian qualifying overall for a reason. They don't give up a whole lot of goals. I mean, look at how well the Asian Federation as a whole has done in this World Cup. Seeing a team who does that well in their qualifying should start ringing alarm bells that this team has come to play at this tournament. That first match didn't go very well, but I don't think that by any stretch that they are a bad team that we're just going to roll. Now, now this is my my thing with the uh, the Iran Wells game uh, earlier today. It seemed like the game changed after Hennessy got sent off, right? Because before that, because before that point, I, I, of course, Iran had the momentum. They were, you know, they were they were getting the more chances, but I felt like the game opened up after Hennessy went off. Yeah, I mean, they only had a few minutes to make it a, a difference out of it. Hennessy was sent off in, I think, the eighty fifth or eighty sixth minute. So that could, 
Yeah. So, so that match could have easily gone as a draw as well. I'm I'm not gonna try to discredit Iran because of course they they made it count when it mattered the most, but. You can also kind of say that luck ran in their favor by the by, you know, uh, Wales going down a man. Oh yeah, absolutely. But the the thing that I've noticed about Iran in the first two matches is they look like a completely different team when Asmoon plays. Taremi's a great player, but when they have both Taremi and Asmoon, they play a lot better, and it it showed they played a lot better today against Wales having Asmoon on the field, whereas I'm when a they big didn't fan. have it. I'm a I'm a big fan of Asmoon. Um, I'm yeah, definitely a big, I'm definitely a big fan of him. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So all right, let's let's uh, talk a little bit about the substitutes because for as good as Greg was in terms of making his plan A, there have to be more questions about the substitutes. And out of you know 180 minutes that we've now played, 173 of them have been without Gio Reyna. Weston McKinney and Serginho Dest are both on yellow cards. If they get one more. They would be suspended against uh, Iran in that last game. Those are two of our most critical players. So, Greg, I think in the 75th minute, uh, Aronson was standing by the sideline for a long time waiting for, for play to stop. Brendan Aronson comes in for Weston McKinney, and Shaq Moore comes in for Serginho Dest. Who would have thought those words would be coming out of my mouth thinking about a World Cup? Uh, Manny, that first round of substitutes, like was Shaq more a surprise to you? Um, no, it, it, he wasn't a shock. Um, I think maybe Greg's thinking and rationale was that uh, you know he probably wanted the better crosser out there because he had uh, a, a bigger target out there. He had a bigger target guy out there, so he probably wanted uh, a better crosser of of the two between yet. That was knocking, and also you know Brendan, Brendan's high energy. So you know he's definitely gonna he's gonna get in no matter what, just because he he always brings high energy when it comes off the bench. So yeah, I'm surprised Aronson hasn't gotten more time. To to be honest, I know we have our MMA midfield, but this is a guy that's playing as good as Tyler Adams is at Leeds United. Um, all right, let's talk about the next round of substitutes. Uh, Timothy Weah and Haji Wright come out for Gio Reyna and Josh Sargent, but it is in the 83rd minute. Um, Tom, I guess I'll start with you. Seeing Gio Reyna for seven minutes out of the first two matches, where's your head at right now with Greg? Would have liked to see that earlier. I think that I would have rather seen us start making these subs around the 62nd minute when we started to see England start to make their changes. Our entire bar started chanting for Gio when he came in. I was really glad they finally did get on the field, although a little disappointed in his performance. I thought his press especially was just not quite what I would want from him. Um, I don't know if he's maybe carrying a little bit of something. He says he's fit. Burhalter says he's fit, but there has been some controversy there. I was thought it was good to finally spell Haji and Weah because they both looked exhausted by that point. So my main critique is that Haji – uh, McKenney and Wea were clearly exhausted up to the 60th minute, and we can't be running out of steam like that. We need to be getting these subs on the field faster. They were all the right changes. They've got to come sooner. Yeah. Gio has never been uh, a press master. Like he's he 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 does a, a, a enough job to to get to the to the the opponent, but he's he's not like Brendan in in the sense that he's gonna close you down. 
So no. I, I don't know why. I, I don't. I mean, even if he's one hundred percent fit, he he's not going to do that. that that's yeah. just not his game. So. It's not. But we kind of needed that in the last ten minutes. He was just sort of too easy to disappear from that game. I, uh, I didn't uh, think they made an impact enough, and seeing him get involved in the press would have helped him to make an impact in that last ten minutes. Also, seven minutes. You can all you can tell that Geo. He he just got in and was just playing. Like I think he needed to find the game. He's not a type of player yet that can just get in and 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 affect the game in that way. Like he needs minutes to try to figure out how he's going to affect the game. And so I don't know. I just felt like it was his sub was wasted because it was like by the time he got in the match, it was nothing really he could do. Yeah, now there's not really a chance for him to just take the ball and just beat a bunch of guys in the dribble that after the 85th minute. That just wasn't going to happen by that point. England had basically ceded all possession. They were done going forward. So yeah. that sub comes in the 62nd minute. I think that he makes a much bigger impact. Yeah. So I guess going into the Iran match then, uh, again, Greg only made one change to his starting 11 for the England game. Does Gio Reyna see the field as a starter or potentially... I mean, he's one of our more creative players and one of our best attacking threats on the team. We are going to need to win this game, and to do that, we need goals. So do you guys think we see Gio Reyna as a bigger part of this team going into the Iran match? Hopefully. I would start him for Weston McKinney. I, I think As an eight? As an eight. Start him as an eight. Yeah. Play with four attackers, essentially. Iran, we don't need the full MMA to beat Iran. They're not going to be going forward that much. Play Tyler, just snuff out the counters. Let Musa and Reyna just cook. Yeah. Manny, you agree? Yeah. I, I honestly, like, I would I would, I would, would play a 4-2-2-3-1. Two, two, that, that's what, yeah. what I would do. But you you know Greg. Greg is going to... We we could have Brendan Aronson. <laughs> yeah, we could have Aronson in the McKinney spot. We could have Gio Reyna as the false nine. And you'd have two of your best attacking threats that have gotten substitute minutes so far but they'd be on the field now for you in a game that you must win. Um, all right. Anything else from this match that you guys want to touch upon? Can we talk about Matt Turner for a second? Because yes, I can. really <laughs> want to talk about how well Matt Turner played, especially with his, the ball at his feet. You know, we always have had these conversations about Matt Turner and his ability to play with the ball at his feet. I don't know. He looked so good today. <laughs> that, that's what I saw is it's like, when when we were in possession and trying to play out of the back through the press, that was a moment where it was like, okay, the U.S. has now reached the next level where we tried to do that. Like we we had practiced that. We we had one touch passing. We had good first touches to set ourselves up for the next touch. And although it's it's scary as a fan, it's really effective if you can break the press like that. And Matt Turner was a huge part of that. And think back to six months ago, even we're talking about, you know, putting Stefan in because he can do that. And Matt Turner put on a show like he had Arsenal DNA in this match specifically. And he, he really showed it. The, the, the moment that was probably my favorite, although it gave me a sm slight stroke, was when he takes the ball, dribbles two guys and goes mm -hmm. all the way up outside of his box to make the pass over to Jedi was so saucy, gave me a small heart attack, but I love to see that sort of confidence with the ball at his feet. I think not only with his feet, but he was confident in the air. He was really good in the air, just claiming crosses. He had that uh, shot save from the Mason Mount shot at the end of the first half. If you guys had watched the post-game interview with Matt Turner, he said after that 
uh, save. He was feeling himself. He was oozing that energy and that confidence. I love to hear that from him because Matt Turner is usually, you know, a reserved, a positive and upbeat person. But to hear him kind of be like, yeah, I was feeling myself. I was oozing confidence and I didn't want the half to end because I made that save. Like that just shows me an evolution of Matt Turner, even that maybe, okay, he's competitive. He wants that number one. He's coming to claim those crosses. He's ready to make some dribbles and make some tough passes because uh, there has been an evolution now between New England Revolution Matt Turner and the Arsenal backup Matt Turner. Yeah, it's it's great to see. I think we needed that from a goalkeeper, and he's he's staked a claim. I don't think I could be more confident with the way Matt Turner's playing right now. He's the clear number one. Yeah. All right, the last play of the game we should talk about just before we we head out. Um, the U.S. has the last kick of the game. It's a set piece where we could kick the ball into the England box, get some bodies on it, potentially get a goal. We kicked it out out wide uh, to a runner, and we weren't able to get a cross in. Was that a lack of maturity? Was that a set play? Like There were little things throughout the game that you just kind of understood to be, okay, this is still a youthful team. They don't necessarily know how to manage the games just yet. That was to Gio, right? It was I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was either Gio or Pulisic. It was one of those two. I think it was um, well, Pulisic took the kick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Gio. Yeah, the, you could probably chart that up to inexperience, you know, mm-hmm. the, the youthfulness, the inexperience yeah. of it all. Yeah, you could also say it might have been intentional to sort of prevent the counter try and make sure that you're not going to get scored on on the last kick of the game. I, I thought that was definitely a, showed a little bit of lack of maturity. The the foul by Musa a few minutes earlier to set up the really yes. dangerous free kick, that's another one where Grealish has his back to goal. I'm fine with the foul, but just like wait for him to finish that dribble backwards before you shove him over. Yeah, extended his arms outward. <laughs> yeah. That was absolutely foul. It did seem in the last 20 minutes, both teams shook hands and said, we're, we're good for a draw, so let's chill out a little bit. All right. Let's talk about this. Uh, let's make some prediction time. The U.S. is currently in third place in the group. England is on four points, Iran on three, USA on two, and Wales on one. That's a perfect group right there. Um, going into the last match day, England versus Wales and Iran versus USA. If USA get the win, they are through to the knockout round. Uh, Manny, I'll start with you. What are you expecting from USA versus Iran? Um. I mean, I'm gonna expect to, the U.S. to to you know to go out and try to find goals and find them early. Um, that, that's my expectation. Now, will will it you know will the will it end up you know will they end ending goals? Maybe, maybe not. You know, but this is why we we watch the games. Um, did you ask me about the other game or just 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 the U.S. Okay, US yeah. Around. So I, I expect them to to try to create create early and try to get some goals on the board. Um, final, final score, I, I say probably USA 2, Iran 1. All right. See some similar score lines in the comments here. Tom, what are you thinking for USA versus Iran? I'm, I'm thinking it's probably going to be either a runaway where we either go like three one on them we break it open early and it's a track meet or um it's just gonna be a really tight one nothing slog fest um i wouldn't be surprised to see it end in another nil nil draw i'm hoping for a one eight one oh game we can sort of grind out 
But if we score early, watch out the track meet from there. <laughs> I did see a comment as well, which is true. The U.S. is currently undefeated in this World Cup. And uh, it has to be said, we, we've had three good halves and one not so great half so far. So mm. hoping for the yeah. same against Iran. I think, yeah, yeah maybe... 3-1 is going to be my scoreline prediction to the U.S. But Iran, if, man, if they get a goal, they can bunker. They have dangerous players. It is going to be a scary game on Tuesday afternoon. Um, all right, guys, we're going to last word now. What do you have to say? Tom, let's start with you. What's your last word? I'm going to go to a very, very old statistic. Um, the U.S. has played two European sides in their entire history, dating back to 1950 at the World Cup, to a scoreless result. They have held England scoreless twice in two matches that they've played against them out of three. England has only scored one goal in three matches against the United States. It's really fun being England's kryptonite. It's really fun pissing off the English like this. I'm probably about to go watch the English meltdown for all night on social media. (laughs) So enjoy it. I'm glad that we got the result. I'm really happy with the way we're playing. This is not the USA of old. Let's just enjoy the run. Yeah. Manny, what's your last word? Um, be proud of the team. Be proud of the team today because they really show, you know, they they, they really showed their their worth today. Um, you know, just going toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in, in the world. So definitely be proud of this team and you know, we'll we'll uh we'll be Will's fan. Well, no, we'll we control our own destiny. So we'll all be cheering for the U S on Tuesday. So you can also be a Wales fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Wales fan. I don't <laughs> want England to go through. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I lived in London for the last two years. I have a lot of friends that are England national team fans and they are, uh, their top has been blown off from this match. Let's say that they, they are not happy with the performance. They are surprised at the USA's talent. So it is all coming together for the U.S., but none of it matters if we don't get out of the group to the knockout rounds. Um, So, guys, for that coverage, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Like the video so more people can find it. If you are listening to this on a podcast network, please make sure to give us a rating, which helps a lot to show this to more people. And the last thing I have to say is, yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. Let's go USA. We'll see you on Tuesday for Ron versus USA. Peace. See you guys. Peace. (laughs) This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.